If your building business isn't giving you the money and time freedom you want, this is your podcast. Builders Problem Solved. Cash flow pressure? Not enough time. Staff issues? Tire kickers and time wasters? What's your problem? There's a solution to every builder's problem. So let's go. Here's your host, Mick Hawes. G'day folks, welcome to another episode of Builders Problem Solved. Now, have any of you had uh, a problem client, one that uh, perhaps the communication has turned to custard? Something has gone wrong and it's just created a whole lot of problems. So in this episode, we're going to be talking to uh, Mitch all the way from Western Australia uh, about a problem client that he's currently dealing with. Hopefully, I'm going to be able to help him today and give him some uh, solutions. So we'll be talking to Mitch in just a moment. Want help with a business problem? Email your problem to mick at businessbuildersblackbelt.com.au. You could be invited to come on the show. It's just like having your own one-on-one coaching session for free. Don't keep putting it off. There's a solution to every builder's problem. So as I said, we're talking to Mitch all the way from uh, the top end over in Western Australia. Where am I finding you, Mitch? Come in, Mitch. Do you read me? Over. Uh, Yes, I got you here. (laughs) So where are you? You're you're in, in you're somewhere with some phone signal, but you're out in the yeah, bush somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of close to the middle of the Great Victorian Desert. Okay. Well, mm. say hello Victoria, to everyone. Victoria in Western Australia. <laughs> yes. So uh, say hello to everyone there for me. G'day, everyone. Yes, thank you. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, a problem client. Now you had a specific. Uh, term that you use mm. for these problem clients what was it a pia client which stands for pain in the ass <laughs> okay so i'm sure people listening uh have had one of those pia clients now we, we've we've got to make sure we we're not just pointing the finger at clients because uh, i think you might have something to say about how you deal with clients now uh be like you're you're a builder's business black belt member, so mm-hmm. everyone needs to know that. Um, and you, this particular client came on board before you implemented our our qualification process. So, mm-hmm. but the the main point is we can't just always point the finger at the client. It, it tends no. to be what we do as humans. It's the other person's fault. They're being an ass. Uh, but sometimes it's the way we communicate and overpromise and underdeliver and all of those sorts of stuff that gets their back up, and then it sort of all goes downhill from there. But uh, uh, so tell us about what we're talking about here today. Look, I guess probably the where it all started was we had this um, client that is a a friend outside of business. Um, that asked us to do a significant renovation on their house. And this is just not long after we started the Black Belt program. So we hadn't implemented any of the qualification process or um, learned basically what we sort of are getting to learn now. So we were dealing with him on a level that would be fairly consistent to what we would normally do for a normal client. And that is just he rings up, we rock up, give him a quote, um, he agrees to the quote, we rock up and do the job, and that's pr- pretty much the guts of it. Yep. Um, 
So that was how it all started. And then we ended up getting in about six or seven weeks into the project. Now, this fella, just a little bit of a background, is quite a well off on some dollars. Yep. Um, and he doesn't generally work off quotes. He sort of works on the fact that he'll do hourly rate cost plus because he knows that he can sort of control the work program a little bit better. And when you're quoting, you've always got to pay for that fudge factor that's always built in. Yep. Long story short, the job turned to custard. Um, and in a sense that he was very indecisive with what he wanted from my point of view yep. um, in the sense that there was no plans drawn for the job. It was fly by the seat of your pants, make it up as you go along. I've since found out that there was no building permit on the job, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, and basically I did everything wrong and he did everything wrong. But <laughs> The perfect storm. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was just purely because of my – not my ignorance, I guess it's just you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so consequently, I ended up walking off the job about, oh, I was a bit better than three quarters of the way done. And then I since found out that every other contractor that was involved in the job was either kicked off the job or walked off the job um, bar one. And every one of those contractors that was either kicked off or walked off hasn't been paid bar one. So um, we've managed now because we've had this outside relationship prior to all of this happening as being mates and, you know, going fishing years ago and all of this sort of thing. I've tried to play it very amicably and taken a stand back approach to the situation because normally and in the past, I would get quite aggressive on the paperwork side of things, send my demand notices and you've had your chance. Here's your bluey catchy in court i haven't processed i haven't gone down that line this time i've sort of like i said tried to keep it amicable as much as i can now i ended up just reading that so he this all happened just prior to christmas just gone yep and he promised me um because of the emotional stress that everything's caused him and all of this sort of stuff he would pay us in full in january well we're now may it Um, hasn't happened i'm taking it well it has to a point. So last week, or sorry, two weeks ago, I basically sent him a text message because I've gone to the point now and trying to keep everything in writing that I want. So he owes me thirty six odd thousand dollars. Uh, I wanted twenty five grand, and then because he still wanted to catch up with me to discuss my shortcomings, I'm I'm thinking. Yeah. So I said, give me twenty five grand because I knew that that was my break even number. Yep. Um, which he has done that. And cool. he did that the night that I requested it. But since then, he still owes me this $10,000. And now communication's gone. I can't get a hold of him. Um, it's like as if he feels that that's what the number should have been. Now, keep in mind, too, my original bill, which ended up at 35-odd grand or whatever it was, yep. um, I had done the stupid thing and reduced my rates to nearly zero because he was a mate. So it should have been a $47,000 bill. I cut the butt out of my rates and gave him all of his materials at cost to try and help the fella out. And so it's all just a mess on my behalf and it's just turned to custard. Okay. So my question is what outcome would you like? And and I, I guess so I can get clear 
how do you feel that I can help you? What do you need from me in this conversation? So I would, I'm paid to my cost. So anything on top of that that I get out of him is the profit. Okay. So the money side of things isn't my focus. My focus is maintaining a relationship where I can see him in Bunnings and say good day and yep. not have to hide in the next aisle yep. and get him to feel guilty that he still owes me nine grand. <laughs> so there's a little bit of vengeance in there. It's, it's, there yeah. It is a little bit. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say there's not yeah. because and I'm not that sort of person, but yes, there is. And it's because all of the other contractors that have been involved in this as well are still my contractors as yeah. well. Yeah. And every time I see them on a job or they come and work for me on a job, it's all I hear about. Yeah. So yeah, that's sort of the outcome I would like. Is and I would like to see my nine thousand dollars because I mean I've, I've gave him seven and a half weeks of my life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's where I'm sort of at. Yeah. So I mean, at at the end of the day, uh, from my perspective or or what what how I think I can help is just to to get very clear on, um, what what ideally you want from this um situation so kind of jot down or figure out ideally this is what i would like um and and then i would have a uh a a second version of that which is an acceptable outcome you know it's it's not the ideal and perfect outcome but it's an acceptable outcome and then with all of that i think it's really important to figure out what the priority is so and you know i'm i'm not you and i'm not telling you that should be this or should be that this is something that you need to decide whether the friendship is of the highest priority or getting the money is of the highest priority there needs to be something that is of the highest priority because um i I think that if you don't have thinking like that you probably end up um, with, with neither of those things happening, I think if if for instance, if if the relationship is the highest priority, my my suspicion is that how you handle it, if it, if that is in mind in in your mind, uh, that the relationship is of the highest priority. When you're having conversations, and and it's going to be a bit difficult if he's gone dark on you, like if he's ghosting mm. you, um, but you know I'm sure it's a small place, and you can you can you know bump into him somewhere mm, yeah uh if your priority is that the relationship is of the highest priority to you and that is explained to him in your conversation um then the way that you go about it is such that you're maintaining the relationship as the highest priority so mm. uh, i think the conversation ends up being much more amicable if that's the, if that's genuinely your your highest priority and mm. i suspect too because this isn't the the first time i've talked about this i've been in situations like this myself i've helped other uh, business owners through situations like this and if you go into a conversation with the right uh priorities and and you're you're you've got a high level of of integrity in relation to your priority you're not you're not manipulating your priorities to manipulate the person 
Mm. You know, you're not saying that the relationship's the most important thing when you're really just saying that so you can get the money back. Mm. I, I, I think you lose integrity there and it doesn't happen. Mm. But I think that if, if, if let's say, you are prepared to say the relationship is the most important thing here and if I don't get the money, I don't get the money and you go and have a conversation with him and say, hey, you know, I just wanted to apologise for my part in this, um, you know, stuff up and I just, you know, I, I want to try and get to a resolution but I just want you to know my main priority is our relationship and I, I don't, don't want to do anything more than I've already done to sour that relationship. You know, can we have a chat about this to, to figure out um, mm. where we can go from here? Um, and, and in these conversations, and, and this is a, a, a good rule of thumb, whether it's a conversation with a PIA, PIA client, as you've described them, or a staff member, a team member, whenever there is a, a prickly issue, uh, and funny, just as I'm, uh, I said prickly. Maybe this this made me think of it. A, a, a picture on my Facebook feed just popped up of two porcupines. How <laughs> crazy, bizarre is that? Um, <laughs> but uh, when when you're you're in a conversation and and the the topic of it is a little prickly, I encourage people to use what's called the I message. I learned this about 30 years ago uh, when I first learned time management and uh, can't remember the guy's name. He was Dr. Somebody. Um, used to talk about using the I message and, and the I message just basically means it is I, the letter I, not the word E-I-E. <laughs> so mm. I own the problem. So there's a few principles with the I message. Number one is I own the problem. So um, in this case, you just talk to him and say, listen, you know, I've got a problem. And the second principle with the I message is ask for help. So, uh, you know, listen, I've got a problem and, and I'm, I just wanted to know if I could ask for your help. So there, there are the two things. Um, and the problem is because we've had this, you know, disagreement and whatever, um, it's, it's causing this for me. It's also causing a bit of... Um, you know, friction between me and the contractors that I employ because I guess they're, they're, they were on this job because of their relationship with me. So I kind of feel a bit responsible for them. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to, to really understand from your perspective why, you know, it ended up the way it ended up just so I can I can either fix anything that I've, I've – um, bug it up uh, if if I can apologise or whatever, and just just make this situation as right as I possibly can. Mm. So if you were to take take the the issue on that way, you're saying number one, the problem is mine, um, and I think that's so important. Like if some dude is is showing up late in your team all of the time, instead of going, dude. Um, there is a problem and you need to fix it. You, every time you turn up late, this happens and that happens and, you know, it might be something happening in your personal life but you've got to block that out and uh, we need you to show up on time. That's probably how most people would handle it. But if you use the I message and you, and you go to the guy and say, listen, I've got a problem. I wondered if, you know, I might be able to get you to help me out with it. What's just happened to that person's response 
to your approach straight away? Like, what's what's the difference? Do you think from a person's response if I go to them and say, "Hey, I need to talk to you about being late again," versus, "Hey, I've got a problem, uh, and I just wondered if you might be able to help me out." I guess it's a it's a perspective of being attacked versus being um, approached. Absolutely. So so straight away, I'm setting up a better dynamic. Then I can say, hey, you know, I, I know over the, over the last few days or week or whatever it is, you've been late quite consistently. Now, the issue that arises when you're late is it affects me this way and it affects your other team members this way, this way and this way. And the, I, I need to be able to fix that. But you know, I guess what I need to know is what's going on behind the scenes for you to see if we can change some things around because I don't know what's going on in your personal life or, or whatever. There could be something going on that I don't understand. Uh, can you just sort of help me to understand so we can fix this problem? Because the one thing that isn't negotiable is you showing up late. Mm. Um, but the, the problem that we need to fix is the issues that it causes me and the issues that it causes your other team members. So, you know, can, can you help me understand what's going on to see if we can fix this? And so the principles behind that is, number one, I own the message. Number two, I'm asking for help. Number three, I'm coming at it from a point of view of curiosity. Not, I'm not demanding. I'm not, you know, I'm just being curious because more than likely there is something going on. We might be able to help if we can help. And, the, and, and we help this person overcome or solve an issue that might not be a, a, a – it could be a business problem, it could be something going on uh, with, with work, but it could be something personal. And if we help the guy, do you think that helps in the future as far as his level of loyalty and appreciation of being listened to and supported versus mm. just being told what to do? Oh, absolutely. So – the I message would be something that I would employ with this guy. But I, I guess the, the main thing that I'd like to get out of this discussion and probably help um, other people that, that are listening to this podcast is how would you have approached this differently now that you've been implementing the, the qualification system that we, we teach you in Black Belt? What, what would have gone down differently? So it's the same guy but now you've been educated and you've got a, a, a qualification in process in, uh, in place, how would you have done things differently? Well, I guess knowing what I know now, um, I really strongly feel that he wouldn't have actually made it through my qualification process at all. And the other thing I've really learnt the importance of is family and friends particularly should go through the qualification process. <laughs> yes, I think we said that a, a few weeks ago, that family yeah. and friends need to go through the qualification process on steroids. Not mm. the people need to be on steroids, the process needs to be on steroids. You need to be really on bring your A game when it comes to qualification, when it comes to family and friends. And, mm. you know, it, it's, it's got 20 ways to Sunday to go wrong, even mm. worse when it when it's family and friends and I mean, for me, I, I know a couple of times I've done this where I've sold, you know, a car or an outboard motor or something to, to friends of mine. Um, and I, I did end up selling them, uh, but I made it really, really clear that I, w I would really rather not sell this to you 
for these reasons. And and I, I established that my priority is our friendship. And, mm. you know, how many cars do you know that have broken down? It's not the fault of anyone. They're just cars. And I would mm. just hate that if that happened. So I would prefer to not sell it to you. And mm. they keep coming back and saying, yeah, but, you know, I want it, I want it. And they agree to the conditions, you know. And fortunately in that case, nothing went wrong. But it did happen with an outboard motor once. And you just feel so bad. Um, mm. And and it wasn't your fault, but you just feel so bad. So I'm not saying don't work with family and friends, but I, you do need to go through the qualification process. So w- with this guy, for instance, with your qualification process, tell me, like step me through a scenario if he had have gone through this, your current qualification process, where how would you have handled it and where would uh, uh, he have sort of, come out of the process i think so the qualification process that we use has periodical hurdles that the client prospective client would have to jump over in order to meet our acceptance criteria i think where he or where not yeah where he would have fell out of the consideration line would have been um have you got like where are the, where are your plans at and what's your projected vision for the project because hindsight there was no plans and hindsight there was no vision it was just fly by the seat of your pants and make it work as we go along yeah so i think that would have been a huge red flag and because i did know him outside of the project um had i have implemented those sort of hurdles uh, with him, I would have picked up because I know his nature. I would have picked it up, and it would have been a massive red flag right from the get go. Yeah. Um. So I think, and th- and that hurdle is quite early on in the piece as far as our qualification process yep. goes. And it, it may it may not have influenced this chap. So let me be be quite clear. But the the qualification process for the people listening isn't just a a process that process that's designed to kick the wrong people out like it does a good job of that when you you implement it correctly but its primary function is to educate and there may well have been an opportunity to educate this prospect into doing things a little differently by your process discovering that there isn't a plan there isn't you know a you know, perhaps a budget, or that you know, all the th- the important things to a successful project are missing missing here. And by having a discussion with that person about that, they may well have gone. You know, you're right. Uh, we need to do that. We need to have a plan. We need to be very clear on all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and if that happens, you become the the, the white knight. Basically, you've come into this. You've helped them avoid a massive pothole that they would have fallen into had they just kept going the way that they were going to you obviously wouldn't have done the the job so they would have got another builder to do it they would have fallen into that trap and like it just wouldn't have worked no matter which builder had have done it because they're just fundamental flaws you've got to have a plan you've got to have a process you've got to have priorities you you know all of that Mm. stuff needs to be worked out and so if you can educate people through the qualification process, bring to light some things that they wouldn't have thought about, have them understand what could have gone wrong had this not been put in front of them, had you not educated them, 
And more often than not, we find that people uh, going through the qualification process are really appreciative of it. There's a lot higher level of trust, more open communication, and they are more willing to follow your process because your process has already demonstrated that we've just dodged a, a possible problem because of Mitch's education, because of his knowledge, because of his processes and systems. So there's a higher level of trust and a higher level of desire to follow your process. And so what happens with the qualification process is these people sometimes, not all of the time, but more often than you'd think, change their behaviour from a, 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 a behaviour that causes things to go wrong and then they become a PIA client to a client that, sees you more as a trusted advisor and wants to lean on your experience and your initial uh, your your intellectual property and knowledge to help them get the best outcome in the project so the the qualification process is absolutely uh, a brilliant ab, um, um, addition to to any building business have, mm. have you got how how have you gone like since you've implemented it have you um what have you noticed since implementing it with with prospects? Well, it's it's interesting to to say that because as you were talking there, I was just thinking, you know, since joining BBB, um, obviously we've brought this qualification process online, and we've got all of this extra information and education that's available to us, albeit that we're still green in the implementation process sure. of it. But I think it's important to point out that one major thing that I've learned, and I think this is probably the most critical thing that I've learned, is it's actually not his fault. Um, and why I say that is, is he's a client that just wants a job done. And somewhere along the line, something hasn't happened for in, that has met his expectation um, to cause him to react the way he's reacted. Yeah. Now, Albeit that could have been out of my control, but I can't blame him because he's the one having the feeling, so therefore it is my fault. Mm. So what could I have done to have eliminated that? So since implementing the qualification process, you know, naturally I'm getting rid of the problem tire kickers and the problem possible problem clients. Yes. But what it has identified to me is the shortfalls – in my own systems because he was very quick to point out my problems. Mm. Now I could have taken a defensive back foot approach to that and, you know, started yelling and screaming and saying, <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking about. But even though he may not know what he's talking about, he's still talking about an issue. And if he's having that issue, then it's a problem. Yeah, it's real. It's a real problem. And this is the, that's the biggest thing I've learned is it's not the client's fault. Entirely, in brackets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, um, um, yeah. There's no value in even looking at at whose fault it is. I mean, a problem is a problem. It needs a solution. Let's unpack it, and and if we can, if they're open to it, work together and come up with a solution. You learn something from that experience. You can pop it into yeah. your, your your qualification process for future prospects and avoid that solution, uh, avoid that problem from happening again. And and sometimes the story. So this story that 
uh, is evolving now with this guy can be put into future qualification process discussions and say, hey, well, we didn't have this in place some time ago and this is what happened and this is what eventuated and this is how it affected the client. Now, we don't want that to happen to you again, so we're putting this, this and this in place. Are you cool with that? I think um, probably where the rubber would hit the road is asking this bloke to fill out one of my feedback forms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and be willing to and be willing to let him do that. I mean, whether or not he'd he'd do it is another thing. But I mean, if he did, I'm sure it'd be colourful. Yeah. Um, and valuable if you're open to and, it. Yeah. And that's right. And that's what I'm trying to say is that's the key thing I've learned is that negative feedback is more beneficial than the positive feedback. Sure. Absolutely. So yeah. uh We've got to get out of here and I need to ask you what are the one, two or three actions that you're going to take from this conversation? I think the first thing I'm going to do is try and try and get this bloke to talk to me. Yeah. And, and and look, at this point, like I said to you before, he's not answering phone calls. So I might shoot him a text because – Everyone will see a text. I'm glad, message, you, you know, glad you finished that off with a text. I thought I'm <laughs> going to shoot him <laughs> and left it at that. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> no, I think because everyone will see a text message notification and everyone will read it. Yeah. So I know he'll read it. So I'll try and if I can't get him on the phone to return a phone call, I'll shoot him a text and say, "Listen." And I think the way I'll approach it is, "Listen." I understand that. Oh, like I'll, I'll explain to him that I have this problem. I just want to clear the air. Yeah. And, and I've sort of adopted in my own mind that this is probably going to turn out to be a $9,000 lesson for me. Yep. Um, but I sort of want to bring it back to a point where if I do catch him down at Bunnings, I can say g'day. But yep. that text message will be, listen, mate, can I can I catch up with you? I just want to apologize for my, beha- yeah, my part in, in, in the process. Um, you know, and, and someone said to me once, you don't have to be wrong to say sorry. So I think that's the approach I'll take. And then depending on how that's received or responded to, will probably determine what I do next. Yeah. Cool. Well, stay in touch with me and let me know how, how this goes. But what, what I love about what you just said then is, you know, we're going to open a dialogue. That's one of the things, but, um, is that that you are going to own the problem and you are going to apologise for your part in it, which is such a good way to get the conversation going. And if you remain uh, fully owning the issue and continuing to ask for help, my suspicion is that you're going to get the best possible outcome. It might not be the ideal outcome, but it will be the best possible outcome. Yeah, and the best is not necessarily getting paid long term. Yeah, but um, you know, in a, in a small place like that, when you bump into people, you know, it's a small place. You you you've you've got to be a you know have high levels of integrity, do the right thing, be seen to be doing the right thing, and have as you know few people uh, casting aspersions about you you and your business practices uh, as as possible. We just can't afford that in a small place. Mm. So I want to thank you for uh, joining us in this in this podcast and sharing your your issue. I hope it was valuable for you. Um, I hope you you got some some tips and um, some pointers to be able to move forward and make this problem a thing of the past. 
Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll like to update you once I get a bit of a result either way um, and just let you know how it gets on. But, yeah, it's going to be one of those things that I think it's just going to take a little bit of time to nurture and just iron out this little crease. Yeah, cool. Well, I hope everyone listening um, got something out of that. I think that uh, you would be a rare bird if you didn't experience a PIA client at some stage. We've got to make sure that we're not pointing the finger at at people. We've got to take responsibility. We've got to take ownership for the the the. Uh, the deficiencies in our process, in our communication, in our procedures and so forth, uh, and look at every one of these problems as a genuine opportunity to improve how we do it. So that is it, folks. We'll talk to you in another one of our Builders Problems Solved in the not-too-distant future. I'm Mick Hawes, Builders Business Black Belt. That's it. I'm out. Bye for now. Want help with a business problem? Email your problem to Mick at businessbuildersblackbelt.com.au. You could be invited to come on the show. It's just like having your own one-on-one coaching session for free. Don't keep putting it off. There's a solution to every builder's problem. Business Builders Blackbelt.